the Lord wants to draw you ever closer to himself and he wants to transform you. And in doing so, he wants to transform every single relationship in your life. He's leaving no stone unturned, but growing in deeper relationship involves the hard and holy work of examining both sides of the struggles and joys, the good memories and the awful memories that we have in our own story. But you don't have to walk that journey alone. Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore and embrace what St. Pope John Paul II called the feminine genius, this unique strength and dignity that we have as women and what growing in that looks like in our daily lives. This is not a podcast about defining the one perfect way to be a Catholic woman or shoving yourself into a set of expectations that you never really felt comfortable with. You never really felt that you ever fit into. Instead, you'll find conversations with women in a variety of seasons of life, and you'll hear about how they are living out their own unique feminine genius. And all of these stories and conversations are offered to you as an encouragement for you to discover more about who you are and how you're called to live out the feminine genius in your own life, too. My name is Chloe Langer. I'm a Catholic wife and mom living here in Kansas City, and I'm sitting down to record these conversations after a long day of hearing my one-year-old shout no approximately 329 times and coaching my toddlers on how to share. But it's in those normal, daily, monotonous, sometimes frustrating moments that I've seen the feminine genius at work, and I think our gifts and talents as women are so worthy of exploration, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Nell O'Leary, the managing editor for Blessed Is She. She's also one of six women behind a brand new book, Loving God, Loving Others, 52 Devotions to Create Connections That Last. We're talking about all kinds of relationships and why it's important to prioritize prayer and reflection in our lives as Catholic women today. Nell is also sharing her encouragement for you if you're cautious to explore the parts of your story that you just wish weren't there. So if you want to prayerfully examine your relationship with God, with yourself, your family of origin, your loved ones, your friends, your work. Sister, this letter is for you. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by The Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription box for Catholic women, and each quarter, Erica curates unique and beautiful Catholic items around a spiritual theme. I love being a subscriber. I'm eagerly awaiting a box to arrive in the mail, but these boxes are also great for artists and creators and small businesses whose items are featured. At the end of this month, they are having a series of great deals that are only going to be shared through email. So if you want to receive notifications about the end of November deals, you can get on the notification list by going to thelittlecatholicbox.com slash letters. Today, I'm welcoming Nell O'Leary to the podcast. Nell is an attorney turned writer, speaker, and editor. And while tending to her husband and five children, she helps guide the Blessed Is She writing team to find and share their stories. Her undergrad degree is in English from the University of Minnesota, and her JD is from Ave Maria School of Law. She's the author of Made New 52 Devotions for Catholic Women. Nell, welcome to Letters to Women. It's so good to sit down with you. Oh, Chloe, what a joy. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about cultivating meaningful connections online, offline, ordering our lives, reframing lies of loneliness. But first, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Absolutely, Chloe. So I like to say I'm the fourth of five from a loud Irish Catholic family. Anyone who's also from a loud Irish Catholic family knows that means the childhood was filled with interruptions, sidebars, pillow fights, late nights, and lots of Irish soda bread. I'm an attorney, but I don't practice anymore. I met my husband in law school and practiced for a brief time, but we started having children after children after child after child. We had four kids in six years, and now we have a little straggler who's a couple years behind all those who's a toddler. Our kids span almost two to 12 
live in the great state of Minnesota, best place in the world, the city of St. Paul. And my work for Blessed Is She has been, gosh, since the very beginning of Blessed Is She. It's been such a joy to work alongside its founder and creative director, Jenna Gizar, and to help our team of 40 women from all ages and stages and seasons and walks of life to tell their story for the women who read our, our free daily devotions or our books or any of the offerings we make to try to figure out their story in light of what God's doing in their lives. Wait, 40 women. What a crew. That's amazing. Praise God. So along with five other women from the Blessed Is She team, you recently wrote Loving God, Loving Others, 52 Devotions to Create Connections That Last. And I would love to hear more about the inspiration behind this new devotional and what women will find when they crack open the cover. Well, you know, Chloe, when, as women, we, we tend to look around to figure out who we are instead of looking inside. And not just the, the keeping up with the Joneses comparison traps, but generally just gauging, am I where I'm supposed to be in life? Am I in the right season? Am I doing the right thing in the season that I'm in? How do I navigate where I am? And we believe that by women looking at their own stories through our stories, that the answers are already there. The Holy Spirit's already working on your heart when we stay close to God and the sacraments. Everything we're looking for, we, He offers it to us. So this book is six different rungs of relationships, starting with your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your family of origin, with your relationship with those you love, your friends, your work. So it kind of radiates down the ladder out. Either way, it's, it's radiating one direction or another. And the idea is to look at contrasting pairs of kind of hard things and good things, challenging things and blessings in our stories for our readers to take a kind of an inventory, a relationship inventory. How am I doing in all these areas myself to get to know themselves better and, and to have deeper relationships with all those areas in their lives and it, primarily, of course, their relationship with God. We were chatting a little bit before I pressed record about just my experience with reading and praying through this devotional. And I think the beautiful thing is women sharing their stories, but not in a way that's like, here's the way to live or this is what to do, but more as a opportunity, like you said, for introspective, for a chance to look at your own story as the reader, as the person praying along and discover more about yourself through the stories of others. And I think stories are so powerful when it comes to deepening our relationship with the Lord and then all of the other categories that you mentioned. Yeah, it's funny, Chloe, even the way we structured it. So the way we ran this book, it's pub published with Harper Collins, which is such a joy and a delight, but we ran it like a normal Blessed Is She book. So I take it from concept to completion as the editor, going through every woman's Google Doc with her saying, okay, 200 words are for your story. 200 words for the universal principle takeaway. 200 words are kind of the invitation of the reader to go deeper in scripture. So the stories themselves, these essays have a real regular cadence about them instead of thinking, gosh, I don't know, it's like a thousand words on this woman's problems. Where I feel like a voyeur. Where do I even be reading that? We really craft it. So like you said, you feel invited in. So Loving God and Loving Others features six parts offer reflection for all different kinds of relationship. And I, you've mentioned all of these, our relationship with God, ourselves, our family, our friends, our calling and our work. But in all of those themes, there are invitations for women to take a closer look at the harder parts of their history, their story. When a woman is maybe flipping through the contents, reading through a devotional, maybe tuning into this conversation, and she is a little cautious to dig into the parts of her story. She wishes they weren't there. Do you have any encouragement for her? And can you talk a little bit about how this book provides support for the hard and good work of reflecting on your whole story as a woman? I know there's the temptation 
there's a temptation for you, for me, for everybody to just sprinkle over some hashtag grace, hashtag humble brag, hashtag blessed over the hard parts. We want to skip past them. We want to pretend if they did happen, everything's fine. It's all wrapped up with a big bow of Jesus. We want to move on. We, we don't want to either sit in the hurt or we don't want to expose our story to others for criticism or unwanted feedback. But the beauty of the incredible writers I'm so privileged to write alongside in this book is they very gently take you through the hard stuff of their life. And they walk through and see how our Lord was with them in that, even in the stuff that feels indiscernible, even in especially some of the darkest parts and inviting our Lord into that memory with you instead of thinking, I just wish it weren't there. There's, a, there's an opportunity for transformation and real healing instead of just scarring. I think so often when it comes to the harder parts of our story, the lie that can keep some of us from digging back into there, from revisiting those hard moments is thinking, but I don't want to have to go in there alone, or that was such a lonely mm -hmm. or despairing place, and I don't want to have to revisit that by myself. And I think what's so beautiful about this book and authentic healing in those areas is that we're never we weren't alone in the beginning, in, in the moment when those hardships were happening and when we revisit them to invite Christ into them again and have him to show us something that maybe we didn't realize before or maybe something that he's made new since then is that we aren't alone. And I think that's what is so hopeful about the process of healing that so many of the devotions in this book speak into. Uh, I, I, amen. Retweet. I love that. <laughs> Great. When I have been praying with this devotional, I think the thing that I love the most that I've discovered praying through it each morning is this idea of the contrasting pairs, the devotion on desolation followed by one on consolation after reflection on identity and work then readers have space to pray with their identity in god why is it important for women to examine their lives in this holistic way and pray through both sides of each of those experiences because that's what we live right we live the both sides and in this time of social media highlights there's a temptation to just try to stay in the positive one put a smile on it, to put a, to put, you know, put a, put a smile on your face, young lady, you know, this kind of patronizing sense we even do to ourselves of a little bit of self gaslighting instead of saying, I want and need to look at my whole story, which is hard parts and good parts because God is in both of them. We're not prosperity gospel people, right? We believe he's in both. In the book you write, you wrote the section on examining your relationship with where you came from and seeing how our family of origin and those around us have impacted how we define ourselves today. Can you share a little bit about how your own family of origin and the joys and the sufferings, those both sides of that experience, um, have shaped your identity as a Catholic woman? Yes. Well, first I have to say, in all disclosure, I actually wasn't going to write on this topic initially. We had someone else. But as it turned out, writing about your family of origin is a really sensitive topic. So in a way, I kind of drew the shortest straw where I said to my family, hey, guys, I've write some chapters in this book about you, about us. I promise I'll send it to you beforehand before it goes to the final edits. But I wasn't expecting to originally write on this. And I have to say there's been an incredible healing and a joy in synthesizing parts of my life and parts of my journey to see where God was in these oftentimes very painful moments with siblings and parents whom I love, I, I'm very close with, but to actually examine those moments with our Lord in hand was beautiful. I think too that as I'm as I we're going through these different relationships and maybe the lies or myths that kind of keep us from going deeper there because when we when we invest time in healing 
there can be a fear that, well, if I go back and I look through my family of origin and there was trauma or disconnect, then that means that I don't have a good relationship with my parents or my siblings or that something's wrong with my family or that we're supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to be the fa- the Catholic family that has it together. And I think what's so good is, again, this is just the, the theme that we've been talking about through our whole conversation is that examining that and discovering healing can make those relationships stronger and can bring Christ into them. And there can be such an incredible amount of healing there. In large part, because we're looking at the hard parts, mm-hmm. there can't be healing when we only hold our breath and get through the, you know, surfacey nice time. And hey, I, I think anyone who thinks, gosh, her family looks perfect, whoever she is, the gal on Instagram with the hat and the plant behind her and the eyebrows, or your neighbor, or the woman at Daily Mass, where you think, ah, their family's got it all together. Mine is the one with all the pathology. Guess what? Nope. <laughs> We've all got our stuff. And I think in sharing some of my family's stuff, I hope to give hope to other women that they're is healing and there is continued attempts to grow in our relationships and it's ongoing none of this is finite it's not like oh there's a period at the end of that we fixed it i wrote a chapter on it for a book no 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 it's it's uh it's all the work in progress and same for the other authors when i chatted with them about you know I'm going to be on these podcasts and TV appearances and talking about our book. They all laughed a little and said, Hey, make sure everybody knows we're, we're still working on it. Uh We don't, we don't have anything figured out. I'm like, Oh, don't worry. None of us have, none of us have it figured out. It's so true. It's so true. I think too, especially with family of origin in this chapter is that what's so beautiful about this encountering this as a mom is that by examining the, my own history, my own family history and realizing like, Oh, like when I, examine my heart and my family of origin that it's it's some not easier because it usually isn't easy but I'm more aware of the times in my own journey as a parent where when I'm seeing healing happening in my story before I became a mom I'm seeing the fruit of it in my own parenting and so I think what's so lovely about spending time reflecting on any of these relationships is the fruit that it's it's bearing in Maybe my my relationship with my parents, my relationships with my siblings, but also relationships with people who didn't even exist when when I was a kid, who are now my children. There's there's a, t- a lot of talk uh, nowadays about like, generational trauma and where that goes in our bodies. It's not just emotional or psychological. And and I think that since we are imperfect people who come from imperfect people and are raising imperfect people, there there's a sense I just want to give up, set a hard boundary. I gotta like burn all the bridges and move on because it's not perfect. No, it's messy. It's messy and continuously asking our Lord for grace to navigate it does help us change things that we want to do differently as mothers or as friends or as family members, different than what we were raised with, without having to necessarily cancel our parents, if, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yep. I think there's such a temptation to, yeah, like you said, put a label of toxic on it and just walk away. And there, there's just walking away from so many opportunities for redemption and transformation. That's slow and hard work, but at the end is so fruitful and good. And I mean, you and I both know, of course, there are instances where you have to set that hard boundary. Yes. Um, that goes without saying. That's like the asterisk to what we're saying here, right? Mm-hmm, like, of course, mm-hmm. there are instances where you do need to cut that relationship off. You do need to, you know, set safe boundaries for you and your family. But I'm amazed at being able somehow, grace of God, and also maybe the people pleaser in me, the fourth of five in me. It's like, I just, I'm just like a dog with a bone. I want to keep in relationship with this family member who's making me crazy. And I, I want the Lord to fix it, not me. But I want to keep talking and keep moving toward trying to 
understand each other better. It's just, I've found it's worth the effort, not perfect, but it's worth continuing to talk at least. In this book of reflections, the book features devotions from different women, you, yourself, Beth Davis, Megan Helmstead, Bonnie Ingstrom, Sarah Erickson, Emily Stimson Chapman. How did you grow in appreciation and awareness of these different women's feminine genius in the process of writing alongside them and putting this book together with them? I think I just saw an extra layer of their resiliency because my goodness, it is hard. Bonnie and I both wrote 10 10 chapters, 10 essays. The other gals wrote eight. It is hard to dig deep in yourself to unearth those stories, then to shape them and form them and to bring, like you said, their feminine genius to bear in how they framed it, what their takeaway was, what their invitation to the reader was. And I've long respected these women as writers, as as Catholics, as sisters of mine, but to see them put their shoulder to the wheel in a different way than we we usually do with our books. The level of intensity was different. I, I was just blown away. I, I'm so impressed by what they offer the reader. And their tones are so distinct even from one another. It's, I feel like I could I could almost edit them in the dark and know who it is because <laughs> their voices are so different. But they're, they're, they gave wholeheartedly. They didn't hold back anything. And I, I couldn't be more impressed by their work here. Mm, amen, amen. I think the level of authentic, authenticity and vulnerability in such a healthy way and all of these stories invites the reader into that kind of authenticity and intimacy with the Lord in her own prayer life as she's reading through and seeing these women model how how to show up and let themselves be seen in prayer, mm-hmm. in relationship with others. And it's just like, what a wonderful way to see that modeled as you're, as you're reading and praying along. Well, I think there is a danger, as you just touched on, there's a danger of, especially in the internet era of two much authenticity or inappropriate vulnerability um, in a sense, like maybe that should be shared with your therapist or with your spiritual director, with, you know, an intimate family member. And what you just put on Instagram or whatever is like, maybe that needs a little bit of space for you before you're processing it with the world. And to see these women, like you said, do it so beautifully, writing from a place of uh, true maturity in their own story, while still being totally frank, is a real unique gift. Yes. Yeah. I think that the, what, what I saw when on social media was the pressure to have an immediate reaction, whether that was to a world event, something happening Mm. within your own life and really not having a lot of space within those platforms to process or to wait, um, to, or even whether that was a platform for a response. And so I think maturity, I think the, what was the word that you used to describe these reflections and that, that hits the nail on the head. You know, it, it, there's nothing like living in the era of the internet to think, what what is my internet, um, what am I leaving behind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I leaving for my children to find on Google someday <laughs> or God forbid one of their friends to see their friend's mom talking about? It does keep you kind of aware and on your toes that everything is permanent online. Nothing is actually ever erased. So we do we have to mind our manners a little bit. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So this book, this book includes 52 devotions, and that's one for each week of an entire year. Could you share about the importance of prioritizing time for prayer and reflection in our lives as Catholic women, especially in a world that values busyness or productivity, or there's this pressure to spend a lot of time online? Um, and the idea of just taking a step back and sitting in the quiet just seems countercultural these days. Yes. Well, and every every entry 
has a scripture verse we encourage you to literally pull out your Bible, guys, the Bible that's in the drawer, get the actual physical. I mean, you can look online, but pull out your Bible and sit with sacred scripture because, boy, you know, if we don't allow God to change us, something is going to always exert pressure on us, the world, our own, our own fallen nature, our temptation to despair, to turn inside in a bad way. Like what's going to be working on us if we're not making that space to have God be the one working on us? Something. It's nature of course, the vacuum. Something's going to be working on your heart, eating up your time and your attention. So I would encourage women, hey, we, we all have the bad habit of just scrolling, doom scrolling in infinitum, infinity, infinitum whatever the Latin word is, in, for infinity, for in perpetuum, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. What are we looking for? We're looking for reassurance. We're looking for affirmation. We're looking for confirmation. We're looking for love, affection. And it's pretty rare. We get a couple dopamine hits on our phone, but the lasting connection is with our creator who's just sitting in the room being like, why are you scrolling? I'm here. I'm here. I want to love you. You're looking for love in the wrong spot. So I've experienced looking for love in the wrong spot on my phone, you know, in, in, in unhealthy relationships, but I only experience God's love when I pay attention to that, which is already offered to me. When I've been praying through this devotional, I pick it up in the mornings before my toddlers get up and having that as what sets the tone for the day, I can tell mm -hmm. the days that I don't do that. Um, and so, wow. and, and how easier, how much easier it is to distract myself throughout the day on the days that I don't start with prayer, whether that's a phone or email or just having a desire to not be present or to not be where the Lord is calling me to be. And so, yeah, I think having prayer in the morning or wherever it fits into a day, um, that is, in, that is well-ordered, I think can make such a major difference in the way that we interact with, in our relationship with ourselves and with others. Oh, amen. Put that on a pillow, please. Tattoo it on my face, <laughs> on my hand. <laughs> I need to hear that every day. <laughs> oh, where can listeners pick up a copy of Loving God, Loving Others? And and this is just one of so many incredible resources that Blessed Is She has for women, whether both online and in person. Can you share a little bit about where listeners can find Blessed Is She? You guys, it's very simple. It's just blessedisshe.net. Head over to our website. You can go to the shop link. You can go to the devotion. Sign up for the free daily emails. Our 40 writers send up these beautiful reflections on the mass readings for the day. There's all kinds of things, all kinds of goodies. Every social media platform you're on, Blessed She's there trying to baptize even Catholic Twitter, guys. We are trying. <laughs> I don't know if it's working. <laughs> blessedisshe.net slash shop for our shop grab a copy of Loving God, Loving Others. I've been blessed by so many things that Blessed As She does, whether that's a daily devotional that comes to my email brunches where I've met women in my in my city who I probably who I may have never crossed paths with, but I still talk to after sitting down over a cup of coffee with them. So thank you, Nell. It's just absolutely phenomenal with what you guys are doing for Catholic Women Today. Oh, praise God. It's all him. How do you live how do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman inviting other women into deeper relationship with God so that they can then pour out his love into every aspect and relationship in their lives? I thought about this question a bit. I did I did think about this question before we got on tonight and I thought, I I have no idea. And then I realized the answer is it's just quite simple. And I think it's probably the same answer for every woman, which is I try really hard to pay attention to the opportunities that God's putting in front of me to do his will. So I'm, I'm trying to listen for where he's calling me, where he wants me to bring my gifts and talents to bear. Sometimes it's making dinner while a child's underfoot, 
you know, you're like making the roux sauce for the penne that you're trying to do tonight and you're whisking and there's a toddler and he's got like two water bottles and a baseball and you think, I'm going to, I'm going to crack open my head. I'm going to trip and fall. I'm trying to quick make this dinner and entertain the child. Or, or if it's saying like, okay, I, I'm working on a, a couple book projects for Blessed. She's sitting down and just praying before editing and calling to mind the faces of the women whose words I'm about to touch and asking our Lord to help guide me to to, to really help hone their voice for him, or it's just responding with a, with love to a really annoying text message from someone in my life who I'd prefer to ignore. It's uh, many opportunities to listen for his will. I think it's probably the best way I can answer that question. Yes, I think every woman, no matter what stage or season of life she finds herself in, that every day is ripe with opportunities to surrender and to say yes to the Lord. So, oh, that's so good. Thank you, Nell. Thank you so much for having me. What a delight. We could keep talking for like two more years. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's just been a delight to get to know your story better, to get to know more about Blessed Is She, to get to know more about the story behind this new devotional. Oh, Chloe, you're just a delight. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Letters to Women podcast. You can check out the show notes for my conversation with Nell on my website, letterstowomenpodcast.com, or just scroll down in your podcast player for links to get yourself a copy of Loving God, Loving Others, which is just a fantastic, beautiful devotional. It's been one of my favorites from Blessed Is She so far. And you can also connect with Nell and Blessed Is She online. Blessed Is She offers some incredible online and offline resources for growing in friendship with women. So please check them out if you haven't already. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to the Little Catholic Box, who is the sponsor for today's episode. And finally, you'll find a link to sign up for my newsletter, which is called Naptime Notes. Every month I share what I'm reading, some braggable thrift store finds, and little shifts that are making big differences here around the Langer House. That newsletter will always be free. But if you subscribe for $5 a month, you get early and ad-free access to all of the Letters to Women podcast episodes before they go live. If you listen to this podcast and you love the conversations and the guests to the show, please leave a rating and review, especially if you are listening via iTunes. It just helps me shape the future of the show by knowing about your experience as a listener. And it also helps other women connect with Letters to Women. And if you know a woman who would love to deepen her relationship with the Lord and ha see how that impacts her all of her all of her relationships. Please send this episode her way. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss any future episodes. There are some incredible conversations that are coming down the pipes for this year, and I'm really excited to share them with you. If you've ever wanted to talk to me about a guest that you'd love to see on the show, maybe share your experience as a listener, you can always send me an email at letters to women at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. That's all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.